Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, the PlayStation podcast where we give our two cents on all things PlayStation. I am Stephen Morrow, and I am joined once again by Alex Wolf. That's me. Here. That is the Alex motherfucking Wolf. I'm not fucking anybody's mother, Stephen. That's just rude. You will be. No. no. Yeah, you will be. I mean, okay, yeah, in a way, I will be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Rachel's pregnant. Once she has a child, you're going to be a motherfucker, whether you like it or not. A motherfucker. There's a song, Mother Lover, by Lonely Island. That's a thing. That That's out there. That's like, there's mother a song Lover? The, yeah, it's called Mother Lover. Would you rather be called a mother lover or a motherfucker? I don't know. Motherfucker's vulgar, but it's used on so many, like, you know, different contexts and whatnot, so it can be used for anything. Mother lover could just be taken very creepily. Yeah, oddly enough, I feel like mother lover, I would, that I makes would rather me more be around a motherfucker than a mother lover. Yeah, mother lover just makes me uncomfortable, even saying it. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Mm, that's weird. Is that bad? What does that say about us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like, what does that say about us? I'd rather be a motherfucker than a mother lover. Mother lover's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, jeez. <laughs> well, get me to started. To start a PlayStation <laughs> podcast with such philosophical <laughs> conundrums. The deepest of conversations here. So how have you been, Alex? You know, I've been good. I have been good. Well, okay, so that's a lie. I was sick as a motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. Jesus. On Sunday night, Monday morning, that was terrible. Um, like I'm not dying or anything. I just drank too much. But either that or I drank too much and ate Skyline. I think honestly it was the Skyline. De- definitely the Skyline. Yeah, Skyline um, does kind of. Yeah, you can't mix Skyline and alcohol. Leak. Yeah. The moment it makes I bit. Everything makes you leak. You're right. Whether like, it's tears or other secretions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes into this podcast. <laughs> two minutes and 40 seconds. We, we gave it some time. We gave it. <laughs> Did we? Because <laughs> we started <laughs> off with that motherfucker conversation at least 30 seconds in. <laughs> we got we to gotta be consistent. This is... They know what they're getting into. <laughs> I don't think they do, though, because it's... <laughs> They've got it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. But yeah, other than that, I've been fine, you know. Plans of Video Games finally started Ghost of Tsushima. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to for you to finish it so that we can talk about it. Yeah, honestly, so I'll probably play a chunk of it tonight. It's the first time at the game, probably the first game I've played all year where I've been, like, adamantly wanting to take my time with it. Like, while I enjoyed Spider-Man Miles Morales, like, but I, I did by no means took my time with that game. I just fucking blew through it. I don't think I've taken my time with the game like this since Final Fantasy VII Remake came out earlier this year. So yeah. where I'm playing like two to three hours at a time, playing late at night just because I have time to do so, and kind of just doing all the side stuff as I go through it. I tell you what, though. The combat pisses me off. Like, it's fine. It's not bad. It just makes no sense for what they are trying to encourage. Like, I every- think... 
as you get further, I think it'll it'll be nicer. Yeah, it's definitely coming together with the different upgrades and things I've gotten. Like just having a dodge roll, like that's been an immense help. Um, but I, my thing is, is like the concept of their combat does not fit the concept of what the game is. I feel like it's trying to attempt. So it's like. You know, you're a samurai, and even with, like, the stealthy stuff or being the quote-unquote ghost, while that those things can be more brutal and quote-unquote more dishonorable, they still require patience and you to think about what you're going to do next, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a combat after a standoff or just going into uh, a Mongol fort or whatever, there's no, like, lock-on system. Like, I can't target and face one enemy. It auto-does it for you, depending on what direction I guess you're facing or tilting the L stick in but if you've got two guys on the left and the right about to swing at you and you're about to take on the guy with the fourth there's no balance there and there's and sometimes it's in the cases where it just you can't do anything about it you just got to take the hit and there's no way you could have and because and it's smart because it like obviously you don't have eyes in the back of your head as a samurai so if you can hold your block button that's fine but if they hit you in the fucking back you're still getting clubbed in the back of the head you're not going to just turn around and parry that all of a sudden and that's where a lock-on system would be nice because I can pay attention and focus on the people I know that are about to come at me before the other guy who's across the field that I'm looking at is, you know. So it would be nice to just have a thing of flicking the R the R stick that allows me to fiddle around because that just controls the camera. And that's another thing is like without that lock-on system, if you get pinned into a corner or anything, you're looking through the fucking wall. <laughs> like you know someone's about to smack the shit out of you with this giant hammer but you can't see them because yeah, the, the camera's camera, angled <laughs> the camera's not the best and I I do think that I, I thought the combat was, was pretty satisfying uh, but a lot of my memory is from later in the game because I finished the yeah. game so like my more recent memory is with a more you know fully fleshed out combat thing uh, but but yeah, and as, I and I think as long like as you're not indoors in the game, as long as you're not indoors in the game, I feel like the camera is less of an issue, and I I think it's great. But all of my favorite things about Ghost of Tsushima had nothing to do with the combat. <laughs> uh, it had everything to do with the world and the story and how the game sort of encourages you to to just kind of relax and take things in and meditate. I, I really appreciate those kinds of those high cues. I'm loving the high cues. Not gonna lie. Yeah, the high cues. I'm in. Every time, every single time that I would sit down for a high poem, I would turn up the TV because I love that song. I would turn up the TV and I would just kind of zen out. I I would stop playing the game and I would just listen to the music and I would take in the scenery and sometimes I would actually write my own poem, <laughs> just because I really liked. I just liked the whole vibe, I guess. And those scenes are just beautiful. Yeah, they are absolutely gorgeous. I think a big thing for me, the haikus, like while I don't sit down, turn up the TV and write a poem, um, the haikus are a lot because like they piece them together for you. Just have, you have three options uh, in three sections. So you, you come up with a line, next stanza, you have three options to choose the next stanza, and then go there. Is it stanza or stanza? How do you say that? Uh, I... You mean just line. A stanza is a grouping of text, but you're you're just referring to the lines because a haiku is just one stanza. It's just, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I was like, what? Hold on. Uh, so 
it's nice because I, I, I actively think about what I want to put there. I want it to have a nice flow because you can totally make a haiku in this game. That makes no fucking sense. And you're like, wait, what? Because of how it pieces the... So, and, and if it does make sense, or at least it's hard to understand, you've got to really think at it to where it, like you can say, okay, that made sense. That was on purpose. <laughs> so, but no, that's my favorite part. And then, because you get a headband every time you do one of those, the headband text keeps the haiku you wrote. So I thought that was a yes. nice little touch. That That's yeah. been my favorite part so far. I like that too. Uh, I would always screenshot whenever I finished a haiku, so I would have my poem saved. Just as like a little, mm. little memento. Yeah. That's I took so many screenshots in that game. Like, I think I have like more than five gigabytes of screenshots just from the oh, whole game. Oh, good God, man. I took so many screenshots. Mm. And only four of them, only like four of them are of Jin's ass. I'm pretty sure one of the trophy screenshots, because like, you get one going to a hot spring, I'm pretty sure. Like well, your I turned first off hot spring? the whole trophy screenshot thing. Oh, good for you. That. that thing is annoying. That just eats. Yeah, like, I cleared out all of my, all of that stuff on my PlayStation 5. I just cleared out a bunch of them. They're almost always shitty, too. Like, oh, they're fucking terrible. The images are just, like, weird, blurry, or half the time it's just, a, like, a blank screen. Mm-hmm. There's one game that came out this year that actively the developers made a point to, excuse me, um, make sure the trophies popped with a good screenshot i just can't remember what game it was astro's playroom no it wasn't astro they they did that though they did that did they they did not for everything because some of the things happen like gameplay organically but yeah uh, but they did do it certain things but there's one game i know for a fact that did it like purpose ah god that's gonna drive Mm, that's gonna drive me nuts because that was a thing and i appreciated the fuck out of it I just can't remember what it was. Well, just, you know, randomly shout it when it comes back at you. I probably but, won't. I keep wanting to say Final Fantasy, but that's not right. For now, we have a lot of things to get through. Because recently, uh, it was the Game Awards for 2020. Whoop, and whoop. along with that were a shit ton of announcements and new trailers, different reveals, all kinds of things. Um, and... So, full disclosure to our listeners, um, all four of them. I uh, <laughs> can confirm it is only four. <laughs> Two of them being us. <laughs> full disclosure, we, uh, we recorded this episode already, but there was a, a mishap, and now we are re-recording it. Um, so, so there's that. But also... Um, we were originally going to go through the entire list of all of the announcements and everything, but it's like a metric shit ton. Uh, mm-hmm. So, instead, instead of going through absolutely all of them, we have chosen some of our favorite things or things that we think you should definitely know. Um, so, we're, we're going to cover the, the big stuff, or at least the stuff that we care about. The things we appreciate. Um, yeah, the things we appreciate. Um, but for the full thing, you can go online and find it pretty easily. Um, but uh, but yeah, we just want to share the things that we think that you should know or things that we are personally excited about. So um, actually, since we set it up that way now, as we go down the list, do you just want to each of us say the things that we chose, basically? 
Uh, yeah, if you want to. That's fine. All right. Because yeah. that basically splits it right down the middle. Half and half. Um, yeah. Half and half. Half and half. That's half and half, baby. What's that movie? What movie was it? What? That's half and half, baby. What's that line from? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Ten-year anniversary was this year. Which is fucking insane to think about, but... Why am I thinking The Incredibles? I don't know why you're thinking The Incredibles. That's definitely more <laughs> I, than ten years old. I don't know why, but I'm thinking about The Incredibles. Uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world, man. Oh, my God. When he gives him the coffee and he yeah, goes... Yeah, the vegan guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what a fucking great film. Mm-mm-mm. One of my favorites. I want to watch that immediately. I used to have that, and then I think I think my sister stole it. That is true. Yeah, because you did used to own it. And I remember I wanted to borrow it from you for something, because... I ended up buying the Steelbook copy when Universal Studios was doing like a comic book print for a bunch of their movies mm-hmm. on the Steelbook case. So I have that somewhere. And actually, I'm looking right at it um, down here. But yeah, that and it, I think it's on Netflix again. Maybe so. I'll watch it on there. I think that and Fantastic Mr. Fox were stolen from me. Oh, not been, oh that's those a, movies. Yeah, I say Fantastic Mr. Fox was that's a that's a good flick. It doesn't get enough credit. It's, yeah, it's it's so good. I love that just dry humor. Like it's <laughs> dry. so dry. It's like you need a glass of water after watching it because like a it's popcorn so dry. Fart. God, <laughs> I don't know. My popcorn farts—they aren't always dry, but they Ew. got lots of butter. So that's true. Your popcorn's like dripping wet. Yeah, I'm I'm just soaked. Like when I go to the movie theater, <laughs> I leave and I am soaked. I'm covered in butter. Oh my god! <laughs> Have you ever seen a picture of Ron Perlman? He looks like he's eating a tub of butter. Like every photo, of that man looks like he's like devoured a tub of butter. <laughs> like I don't, oh no, I don't fucking get it. But he looks like before he gets in a photo, like I'm pretty sure he doesn't actually eat tubs of butter. But whenever someone's like, "Hey, can I get a photo?" He goes, "Yeah, one second. And he gets a fucking <laughs> tub of crackers out, and he just puts his face in it has like a stick of butter that he rubs all over <laughs> Jeez. i fucking love ron perlman though <laughs> any user steven just the, the, we're, let's let's start this list let's do this is christ <laughs> all right so uh so the first thing that i wanted to to mention uh from the game awards uh, there was another trailer showing more gameplay for the Near Replicant remake, uh, which is just a, a kind of re. It it it's not like that much different from the original, but uh, it's a remake of the original Near game, of uh, the one that didn't come to the states. Yeah, the Japanese version of the original Near game. So, uh, yeah, it it looked it looked pretty cool. It looks like it's taking a lot of cues from near automata in terms of the combat other than that it looks basically the same to me i think the character models looked really good but the environment uh seemed basically the same i'm still really excited about it because uh the first near i actually enjoyed that more than automata um 
personally, just because there's even more kind of switch-ups to the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, but also, I really love the soundtrack. It's so fucking good. I really want uh, to... And I So I remember when the original Nier, like the demo came out. I was stoked. But I just never ended up buying the game. Like, I just didn't do it. And when Automata came out, I just didn't care, you know? Like, I watched you play it and I watched you finish it. But even then, the entire time I'm thinking it, I'm like, I want to go back and play the first one more than I care about even giving this game a shot. I like, I highly recommend the first one. It's it's one of those things where, I mean, just like Nier Automata, but uh, with the first Nier, it was kind of not talked about as much, just mm-hmm. because the first Nier wasn't talked about as much. But... Uh, it now it's kind of like a staple of the franchise but the idea of setting an expectation and then just completely obliterating it yeah near does such a good job of doing that and they it it really is a a roller coaster uh but what i really enjoyed about the first near is i thought it was always interesting throughout like it was changing enough to where i was engaged with near automata i felt like you had to play through it twice before it really got interesting uh but with the first near it's like it's a very heavily like zelda influenced action rpg with um which is so many surprises that i i don't want to spoil but i it would consistently just make me smile just with pure glee from how just caught off guard i was and i, I love it when a game does that uh another game that does that very well is what remains of edith finch actually i still need to play that totally different kinds of games you haven't played what remains of edith finch no we go to this every time you bring it up i'm the only person that you hang out with regularly talk to regularly about that game that you have not made sit down and play that game maybe maybe next time i come over we'll we'll do that it's pretty short it's like a movie length yeah i say it's not a long game by any means and i've always said yeah let's try it but like whenever we hang out it just does not come up and i don't think about it all right well now i think i will all right we can even we can do like a little spoiler cast for that. Ooh, yes, we could. I think that'd be fun. That would be a fun because I mean I I love that game. I mean so I've heard nothing but phenomenal things. But I just haven't done it. It was my game of the year that year, and that was the year that Nier Automata came out too. Was that twenty eighteen? I think so. Yeah, because that was the yeah that was Spider Man God of War. It was a solid year on the PlayStation front then. Amazing year. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Nier Replicant remake got a new trailer. You can check that out online. Looks nice. I'm yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. What I'm excited about, Steven, is Back for Blood. So this is a four-player multi, four-player co-op multiplayer online game. And I think you can do couch co-op, too. I imagine it will be in there. Um, zombie, zombie game from Turtle Rock Studios. And for those who don't know, Left for Dead, which was originally on the Xbox 360, was developed by the same team that then later went on to found Turtle Rock. So this is like the spiritual successor to that because we never got a Left 4 Dead 3, which people clamored for for years. So this is as good as it's going to get. It, If it's going to follow that same suit, it'll look good, it'll play extremely well, and it'll be something that you can sit down with your friends and kind of just melt away with. Like if you're looking for a dumb multiplayer game that's just got great controls, a fun aesthetic and will waste more of your time than you realize back for blood look like it's going to be it um we got yeah an announcement and, and gameplay and it's coming out in june yeah that gameplay 
there's so much stuff happening. Usually, when you play an online multiplayer game, the the map is like less dynamic mm-hmm. uh, than in like single player games, just because they they usually don't do as much in online stuff. Yeah, but in this game, it was dynamic as fuck. Like <laughs> things things were falling apart. There was this big ass bot. It looked cinematic, and it was all gameplay. Like that was it was really impressive to me. It seemed like playing uh, a single player campaign with friends, which yeah. is which got me excited and i also really appreciate that this game is multi-platform so this will be on playstation 5 but it'll also be on other systems and uh i'm hoping fingers crossed i don't think it was formally announced but uh i'm hoping that it's cross-platform play enabled uh because i think that'll just help this game totally take off yeah life for dead was a phenomenon and back for blood i think has the potential to be the same thing yeah, I, I expect I expect no less from them. Well, I say that, but then Evolve took a while to gain some traction, and by the time it did, it was too late. Yeah, so. but this looks this looks yeah actually promising. Yeah, this looks well. Evolve looks really cool too, and even the alpha was pretty slick to play. It's just after that, like the alpha wasn't too different from the actual release of the game, and it was like eh, like it was more the same. And we didn't start seeing more things happen until I think a year later. Which that game should have had stuff regularly to keep whatever following it had. A year was too long for a game like that to wait. Yeah, it was too little, too late. Yeah, they, there's no saving it. So I'm hoping. I think with the, I think as people recognize what this game is going to be or what it, you know, is trying to be, I think it'll have that following right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with having cross-platform play. That'll be a huge thing, um, just to gain traction because you'll have a lot of ex, you'll have players that played Left 4 Dead originally on the 360 that now own a PlayStation 5 or a PlayStation 4, whatever it comes out on, um, that will want to go back to this. And they'll probably have friends that stuck with Xbox. So this would be a good way of... It's nothing but a good move. So I have high hopes for this game. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see more. But moving right along. Next one, me? Or is that you? That was this was your pick. No, okay. I couldn't remember if we both said this one or not. Disco Elysium, the final cut, is coming to PlayStation Five in March 2021. So, Disco Elysium, if you don't know, was is a I don't want to say a tactical RPG, but it was a role playing game that launched uh, last year. It was actually nominated for a ton of game awards last year. Kind of in the style of the original Fallout. Yeah, um, and it's a great narrative, really engaging. And I think what means the most to me is how this game is being treated. So that game didn't, like, it was no, by no means a big seller when it first came out. But it used, and this is like the power of what the Game Awards is, it used the notoriety it gained from last year's Game Awards. And it picked up a ton of As sales. As a nominee for, yeah, was I, it a nominee for Game of the Year? It, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, so it was a Game of the Year nominee. And it took the success it got from those nominations and some wins um, to then fund and just revamp the hell out of this game with full voiceovers, um, some tweaks to like quality of life. Like it, it's what every game I feel like should do in a situation like it was. Um, use the success you get like out of nowhere and just polish, 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 polish. And I think that did very well. It is coming to PlayStation to PlayStation Five next year. Um, I imagine it'll come out on other systems later, 
Because I think Disco Elysium came to the Switch originally. So I'm surprised that this... I don't remember seeing anything saying it was coming to the Switch this time around. But it's coming to PlayStation 5, and that's all that matters. Yep, and uh, like my favorite little addition that they're making to the game is now every line in the game is voice acted. Yeah. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, that's huge. Good I, for them. But that comes out um, March 2021. Yes. And I don't know I don't know if we said it, but just in case we didn't, uh, the Back for Blood game, the Left for Dead follow-up, uh, or like I guess spiritual successor, uh, that one is releasing June 2021. Yes. So, so there's that too. Uh, but... Also, speaking of um, fan-favorite horror games coming back, mm-hmm. sort of, um, this one, this excites the hell out of me. So a new game has been announced. It is a single-player horror game from former Dead Space developers, and it is called The Callisto Protocol. And uh, the the trailer for this looked phenomenal. I was watching it, and I'm like, is this... Is this the thing? Is this John Carpenter's the thing? <laughs> uh, and then, when when it was revealed that this is from the Dead Space developers, it all clicked. That totally makes sense uh, because the thing was a big influence for Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, everything from uh, it, super heavy Dead Space vibes. They have like the the character's health. You can see on the back of their neck, uh, just like in in Dead Space. You could see it on the back of their suit. Like little things like that. The game, um, while we didn't see gameplay, it looked like it was a pre-rendered cinematic trailer. Still really cool to see. Uh, it is allegedly coming in 2022, mm-hmm. so not too terribly far off. Um, but yeah, this is this is one to watch out for. I think it looks awesome. Apparently you're like on, I think it's one of Jupiter's moons, is that what it is? Named Callisto? Yes, um, I believe so. But you like play as a prisoner on this moon and you have to escape during a fucking catastrophe that is you know alien shit happening so (laughs) demonic alien um, shit (laughs) but uh looks really cool really gruesome uh the developer once again uh, or the director once again has said that he wants to make the most terrifying game ever so said the same thing about dead space and i think he did pretty damn good so mm-hmm. we'll see about callisto protocol how wild it's really a callisto product one. protocol it's like a code name like it is a name that the game uses the title it's what it launches with and then it ends linking to another dead space game i doubt it's it wouldn't happen because ea owning it but yeah i don't even want that i don't even want that because dead space was great but I think it was one of those things where it just kind of lost its pureness. And uh, I'm hoping Callisto Protocol is kind of going back to that just just make a I th- terrifying, yeah, I think if exhilarating Dead- adrenaline rush experience. You I, know? I think if this game mirrors more of Dead Space 2 than any, excuse me, uh, any other Dead Space game, it'll be fine. Just take what Dead Space 2 was and just enhance the shit out of that. Yeah. So I guess we will see. We will see. All right, so another thing. um, This is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, It's not necessarily my jam, but we included it in this list just because I know a lot of people will get excited about this. But uh, the next entry in the Dragon Age series has been teased. Um, So 
there's that. Apparently there's like uh, a returning character and soul ass. Uh, it was just a yeah, sore ass or something like Soulless. that. Soulless. Soulless. Uh but yeah, so fans of Dragon Age, that's a big deal. If you like that, you can check out the the teaser online. It's just a cinematic teaser. Uh but, you know, just just confirms the inevitable that another Dragon Age is on its way. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, in a similar Bioware fashion, uh, the next Mass Effect um, also got a brief teaser. So we know it's still happening. It's still coming. What's really cool about this was the N7 logo showed up and Liara yeah. was in the trailer. So it seems like this will be more of a continuation of the original trilogy as opposed to something like Mass Effect Andromeda. So th- Yeah, which is great because Andromeda kind of fell flat for a lot of people. And uh, this is pretty nice because the original trilogy is coming out in a collection. Next spring. On, yeah, uh, next spring. So this will be nice if it is. And, and I mean, it, it totally seems like it is. But if it is a continuation of the original trilogy, it'll be nice to be able to have all of the games in that story on one platform so which was a huge cool. problem for playstation owners and the ps3 when the original trilogy first launched because it was all over yeah. the fucking place but but going a little bit of backwards on a list here but the next bit returnal is coming to playstation 5 in march 2021 so it got a firm release date of march 19th 2021 which totally slipped by me in this trailer like i didn't even i saw there was a release date i'm like oh, okay cool but it didn't dawn on me, like, oh, shit, it has a release date. <laughs> like, I didn't even think about it. Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, I, I didn't really notice it either. But, uh, yeah, that's exciting. I mean, Housemark, uh, for me, I feel, like, I feel like I really enjoy every other game of theirs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like, they kind of go back and forth. But um, Returnal seems interesting because I'm used to seeing kind of more arcadey experiences like score chasing kind of games Mm -hmm. um and even when they're like less on the nose arcadey games games like dead nation and things like that uh, they're still very score chase heavy and returnal seems like they're not as focused on chasing a score and they're more focused on telling a story and having an interesting world and characters and things like that so um Kind of excited to see how Housemark handles this kind of gameplay um, and this kind of way of telling a story. Uh, but it seems really cool. It looks beautiful. I don't really know much. Um, like, yeah, like it's, I want to see It's one of those more. games that I want to feel. I, I want to play it. You know, and it, and it, it's one of those games where you won't have. I don't think anyone will be able to form an opinion on this game until they play it. It's not something you look at and go like, oh, it's going to do this. It's going to be crazy. It's going to have this. It's going to have this. You've definitely got to play this game because I don't... One, I'm worried that with this game coming out in March, this will be what PlayStation uses. Because if we think about this, so PlayStation had a great launch lineup for the PlayStation 5. Uh, January, we don't have anything. February, we have Destruction All-Stars being a free-to-play game. Uh, Not free-to-play, but uh, free-to-download via PlayStation Plus. So you're going to give Destruction All-Stars that window to breathe with, especially with it being a brand new IP. I imagine Returnal is going to need that same kind of, you know, love and care to make sure it has time to really find its footing among players. Um, so 
while that's good for Returnal, it's upsetting for me because it makes me feel like Ratchet and Clank won't be coming out first quarter. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. Like but, I, th- I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Mm-hmm. See if you can take I don't know, this I one. I feel like next year... Uh, I feel like next year is going to be pretty stacked. Yeah, I, I don't with, think PlayStation... Uh, games. Yeah, I think next year will be stacked with games, but I think what comes with as a hindrance to that is games like, like Returnal, like Destruction All-Stars, is they're new IPs, and they don't quite have an audience just yet. So mm-hmm. you got to make sure you're not oversaturating your own market because otherwise you're going to have these games that you want to be big and they're not going to sell well because they're put against other blockbusters. So you have an investor's call like, why wouldn't Returnal sell well? And it's like, it's not that it didn't sell well. It was just competing against a juggernaut like Ratchet & Clank is. Like it, Yeah, I do think that's something that PlayStation has been good at with the yeah. PS4 generation, mm-hmm. I think. Where basically, like, every other month, there was a big, heavy hitter game. Yeah. And then sprinkled in between would be some of the smaller titles to kind of, you know, satiate people until the next big release. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, PlayStation has the library to be able to do that, and they've done well with it in the past. So maybe maybe 2021 is going to be more of that. I hope it is. Uh, but me too. Yeah, that would I, give me. I a... hope I hope Returnal doesn't get lost in the shuffle there. Right. But time will tell. Uh, but another game that was revealed. This one I am very excited about. Like I think, I think this is my most anticipated game out of everything that was announced at the Game Awards. Uh, and it is uh, the next game from uh, the guy behind. The game Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, and A Way Out. Uh, It is another narrative-focused two-player game. So designed specifically for co-op. You can play it online or locally. And it's called It Takes Two. And this is a sort of puzzle platformer uh, where you play as two characters that are in a relationship. And they sort of they they're they're having like problems in their relationship and they overcome them by facing these challenges in this game but this trailer this game looks like it is so full of charm and humor it looks it looks like it's going to make me laugh and cry and laugh while crying <laughs> and i am all for it <laughs> if you can make steven seriously have tears involved with every other range of emotion you're a winner in his book. Yeah, honestly. And it's it's really, it's not too hard to make me cry. Uh, but it is hard to make me cry along with other things. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love emotional diversity in games. And this game looks great. And this is just the type of thing that I need to play with Andreas. Uh, the game about marriage. Like, like, the game is about marriage counseling. What are you saying? <laughs> uh, I just think that it's healthy for for you know anybody in any kind of relationship to to you know to be able to overcome things together. Yeah, and I think games are a great way to do that. And for this game to be specifically about that and to tackle that head on, mm-hmm. uh, and to to do it in a way that to me is endearing and it doesn't seem. Uh, 
overwhelming or intimidating. And that's gonna beat I think you that head with is it. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is this is something special from what it looks like, and it, it just reminds me a lot of the game Puppeteer, uh, which was yes. a, a, a yeah. dramatically overlooked game on the PS3 from Sony Japan Studios, and oh my god, love it. But this game is giving me a lot of those kinds of vibes, so I am all for it. I'm ready for it too. I'm excited. It it looks fun. Like you said, it's it's extremely charming. Um, definitely a game, especially at a time where co-op games, especially couch co-op games, are either tacked on experiences or there's just something missing. Um, Joseph, I can't remember his last name, uh, the developer behind this has a extremely phenomenal track record with getting great co-op games out there without sacrificing anything behind it. So... Yeah, he's really been yeah responsible for a lot of innovation when it comes to storytelling and co-op like games. consistently raising uh, the bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Brothers: Tale of Two Sons that wasn't originally designed to be a co-op game, but the, the way that I played it was with somebody. Uh, we would each hold like one side of the controller, mm-hmm. and from 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 that game going from that to the game a way out which is a strictly co-op game you cannot play it any other way Mm -hmm. uh where it's designed with that in mind really cool and i i love the idea of using co-op to tell a story with two characters uh and having each player kind of have a unique experience with each character and with the gameplay and kind of merging that because it it kind of allows two people to play a game but not have quite the same experience mm-hmm. but still be able to enjoy that together, much like how we enjoy things in real life. We are two individuals with individual experiences, but they still intertwine and they still you know, provide us with a meaningful experience. And then so, I believe... It's really cool. I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did he mention that if you buy a copy of It Takes Two that you get another copy for free to gift someone to play with you? Uh, I don't remember if that was specifically mentioned. Then again, I was just very excited about this, so I was immediately freaking out about it. Yeah, probably ignoring everything that was said. <laughs> but um, like I, I feel like I heard something with. Yeah, that is what happened with a way out. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did with this, especially since it's mandatory. It has to be played co-op. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, um, I am just now realizing that I think I accidentally deleted something from this list that I didn't mean to, so I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Um, There is a game that was announced. It is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, um, and it is called Seasons, I believe. Mm -hmm. Either Seasons or Season. Um, Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up here because, like an asshat, I deleted it off the list. I gotcha. I didn't mean to. Uh, But... Yeah, the game looks really cool. Um, it's got this beautiful art style where it's uh, it looks very like almost hand drawn, but it's very colorful and vibrant. Uh, and it's a it's a road trip game that's all about coming to terms with the end of a culture. <laughs> it's like really heavy, but um, it looks really really beautiful, and it seems like it's going to be telling a very melancholic story but with a lot of very colorful and interesting characters. But I, I was just blown away by the visuals of this game. I thought it was really breathtaking. It was giving me kind of Death Stranding vibes with the way that it was um, presented. But uh, yeah, it's a road trip game where you are riding 
a bike. It's like a bicycle road trip game. It's a Excite Bike. The sequel to Excite Bike. Yep, that's what this has to be. There's no other way around it. Yeah, it's just they're exploring the opposite of excitement here. The, the slow, <laughs> melancholic <laughs> reflection. Um, so, you know, kind of taking Excite Bike into a new direction. <laughs> of non-excitement. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, th- I think the game looks really cool. I was surprised that it was a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, yeah. But it, it, looks, it looks beautiful, so I'm excited for that one. Uh, but then also... Continuing with the theme of road trips, there was another game that was announced, and this one is from Fulbright, the developer of Gone Home and Tacoma. Uh, So they're masters of storytelling in video games. Uh, They kind of, while they didn't necessarily invent the genre of walking simulator, they definitely revitalized it or, or put it on the map, I suppose, with the game Gone Home. Uh, But they announced a new game called Open Roads, and this one is uh, a road trip game where you play as um, a character who there's like some some deep like family mystery, and uh, after like it's revealed after the death of somebody in the family, and so uh, this character and their mother go on a road trip looking for answers, Um, and you know the nature of the mystery is a mystery in the trailer, but. Uh, it looks really interesting. I I wasn't fully sold on the art style for this one myself. It was kind of weird the way that they presented this one. Yeah. The world is 3D, but the characters are 2D mm-hmm. animation. Uh, but uh, I, I really trust Fulbright and their ability to tell an awesome and surprising story. So uh, I have a feeling that Open Roads is going to be one to pay attention to. Yeah, I, the art style definitely kind of caught me off guard. Also, it made I, Jeff Keighley, I think, made a comment like with voice actors you'll definitely recognize, and then they showed off who was starring the game, and I did not recognize who the fuck these people were. <laughs> and I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> was like, um, I was actively like curious, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I at looked all. <laughs> that up. Um, hold on, I need to relook it up because I'm not familiar with the actors either, but it's um. They are like big names. So Carrie Russell. Okay, uh, Carrie Russell. I know. I do know Carrie Russell. She is a big deal. Yeah. So Carrie Russell, that's a big deal, and then also Caitlin Dever. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Um, she. She was in the movie Detroit. She was in Bad Teacher. I don't think them that follow Booksmart. I don't think any of these movies were really good. Uh, she's a Golden Globe Award nominee, and she <laughs> won Best Actress. <laughs> I don't think any of these movies uh, are good. Her accolades are just... <laughs> well, all right, then. That's cool. Anyways, so award-winning actors yes. are in this game. Uh, so that's kind of... That you should all recognize. <laughs> You should all recognize. <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. So apparently, Carrie Russell uh, was in the hit 1992 film, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Oh, she's also Wonder Woman. 
in what? In Wonder Woman. Okay, which iteration of Wonder Woman? Because there's like animated movies. Like she's definitely not the I don't one know, in live like action. Two thousand nine. Okay, the animated movie. It's an animated. Okay, one. that makes sense. Yeah, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so they are big names, but uh, yeah, the I'm more interested in this game because of the developer than I am from the trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I still I have a feeling this is going to be one to one to keep an eye on. Just based off of the the previous entries in Fulbright's repertoire. Repertoire. What a good word. Repertoire. repertoire. Speaking of repertoire, not not really though. A shady part of me announced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this game is gives me little nightmares vibes, uh, just with the direction of the art style and the gameplay. Um, he plays a little girl, and she's seems isolated and kind of left alone and feels insecure but she has her shadow which kind of comes to life and is her more adventurous more risk-taking side and is like navigating her through this world and giving showing having her explore and see what else is out there um so very it's a very platform oriented game so you'll have some puzzles here and there nothing crazy um but i think it's one of those games that will tell a very good heartfelt story um, probably get a little bit more deep than expected looking at it. Uh, but I, I'm excited for it. I really am. Like Games like Little Nightmares and now Shady Part of Me get me excited because I like seeing those kind of games. Um, I don't ever... I, it's one of those genres where I, I mean, I'm intrigued and I like them. I never finish them, but <laughs> that's like video games in a nutshell for me. So yeah, I'm lo- really looking forward to that and that's available now. Yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. and that's something that I didn't realize when it was announced. But yeah, the fact that it launched immediately, and you can play it on the PlayStation PlayStation Four right now, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very striking visuals with this one. Uh, it 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 looked really interesting. It reminded me a lot of um, Limbo and that game Contrast, the launch game. Yep. On PS Four, uh, which also has you playing as like a shadow figure like playing in the shadows and shadow stuff. person um but yeah pretty pretty interesting game looks pretty cool mm-hmm. and next up steve i've been hyped about this game for almost a year now scarlet nexus gets a new story trailer and a release window of summer 2021 so i'm pumped for this game because one it's anime uh two it is an action adventure game the story seems out there um, the combat looks super slick and stylish, which I love. Um, I'm, it's weird cause it keeps getting marketed for Xbox, but like with no other mention of it coming to other platforms. So I always get scared when I see a trailer for it. Um, it, seriously, like, I get worried. I'm like, I don't have a fucking Xbox anymore to enjoy this. But then I'm like, oh, whew, thank God it's still coming. So this is coming from, uh, Bandai Namco. Yeah. Bandai Namco. Um, yeah. Futuristic. It's like these. I, I can't even like really explain the story. It, it is out there, uh, but super pretty cel shaded art style. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much really to say about it. They've put out. There's tons of yeah, it, information it, on. It the looks game, like but. a a really interesting like action RPG. It kind of gives me um, 
I couldn't remember the the name when I was talking about this earlier, but uh, Freedom Wars. Yeah, is what it reminds me of. Is Freedom Wars uh, a little bit but of God like Eater in there too? Like this, yeah, it, it looks like you play as this like group of people who are tasked with um, fighting this this alien force. Uh, and the so let me tell you the the thing that excites me most about this game, um, aside from just the art style in general, is the character design for the enemies. It, I think it's strikingly gorgeous. Um, but these these enemies, they're like alien flowers, but they're like sexy. <laughs> it's like it's it's hard to describe, but it's kind of cool. But yeah, like lots of lots of aliens with like petals and stuff coming out of their head, but they're like gruesome, but kind of elegantly gruesome, if that makes sense. Uh, but really cool designs in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't by any means think it's going to be a huge like commercial hit. Like it's this it gives me and I don't know why it gives me this cuz it's nothing like it. It gives me Asura's Wrath vibes. And I fucking love that game. Like yeah, it's weird that it's giving you those vibes, but also I second that Asura's Wrath is phenomenal. Yeah, like there's no reason I should have any vibes of this because it's not this overly ma- major cinematic action implosion. Like by any means, but that's when I see this game, I think, oh, Sarah's Wrath. But it's like there's no development team that's the same. The publishers aren't even the same. It's just a Sarah's Wrath. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. I mean, we'll see if it if it has any similarities. Uh, this is this is weird though. So it's coming out summer 2021. Yeah, uh, I keep feeling like I feel like for the past year and a half, this game has been yeah like. Only a month away. Exactly. It's it, the like, way they're talking. I keep about thinking it. that it's about to come out, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's getting further and further away. But I don't think they've ever said anything different than summer twenty twenty one, ever. Yeah, it's just me thinking that it's coming out like tomorrow. Yeah, like I've been. I there was a huge like press release, not press release, I should say, but there was new content being shown of, of this game regularly all summer. There was new stuff left and right. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. When's it coming? And it's like 2021. I'm like, why am I getting all this information <laughs> right yeah. now when I am no closer to it being here? <laughs> so, yeah. Any hoosers? Yeah, I'm excited to be able to play it. Yeah. But Steven, more important things. Yes. The Game Awards happened. We had a bet. Yes. Where we predicted. We did have a bet. Who would win what categories? Not all. We only did the ones we had some background or some expertise in, um, certain awards and whatnot. And the bet was whoever got the most corrected, most predictions correct, would have to buy the yes. the other would have to buy them beer. Not a case, but a six pack. Yes. Yeah, six pack of beer. Yeah. Steven. Um, do you do you have the list ready? Do you have that still? I I do. I have it all. I have it all ready. All right. Um, so we can go right through that, uh, real fast though. I do want to reiterate. Um, so those were all the announcements that we personally wanted to share. There were a lot of announcements. We probably went over about like half of them here in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, highly recommend, uh, you know, looking into that. Uh, there were things involving everything from call of duty to fall guys to overcooked, to even more game announcements to and gameplay reveals and Which things like surprising. that. Yeah, Fortnite. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check out all of that stuff online. Uh, there's a lot of news, so there's probably at least something 
for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so um, on top of announcements and reveals, of course, the Game Awards had awards for games. Uh, and yes, we had a bet where uh, we we made our own predictions and our personal picks in a previous episode, which you can listen to now if you want, but I mean, we're going to go over it now anyways. Uh, but yeah, and whoever gets the most points, it's a point for every correct prediction. Uh, they owe the other person some beer. So yeah, let's get, let's let's get, get, into, get right it. into it. Um, I'm just going to announce the um i guess the the nominees and the winners for each category and then i'll tell you who got the most points at the end so that's that's how i'm gonna do it this time let's do it um but yeah so uh for best multiplayer at the game awards 2020 uh the nominees were animal crossing new horizons among us call of duty warzone fall guys ultimate knockout and Valorant? 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 Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that either. I know what the game is. But I could not tell you how to say the name. Um, but anyway, so the winner for best multiplayer was Among Us, which is, I think, well-deserved. Yeah, no, certainly. Uh, but yeah, best sports and racing game. The nominees were Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. One of these is not like the others. Um, And the winner was... (laughs) (laughs) The winner was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Is that Um, why it's not like the others? Because they one, Steven. uh, Well, also... Other reasons. The but, X Games yeah, make it a sport, that's Steven. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> no, it's still a sport. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. It's just you know, it doesn't involve balls or tires. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, balls it, or tires. I guess it kind of involves. It has wheels. I guess it kind of involves both of those, but and bearings. not as directly. <laughs> balls and bearings. <laughs> oh God! Jesus Christ! Anyhow. All right. Uh, so nominees for best simulation or strategy game, Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, XCOM Chimera Squad. The winner was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Whoop, whoop. Best family game. Nominees were Animal Crossing New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario the Origami King. Lots of nominees in that category. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Winner was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Well-deserved. No surprises Uh, Best fighting game. Yeah, no surprises. Best fighting game. Nominees were Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, and Undernight in Birth EXE Late CLR. <laughs> <laughs> You'll say that, but not you. But you won't say the full title for New Replicant. I don't understand. That's just a bunch of numbers. But you can read a bunch of numbers, and it makes sense. Reading what you just fucking read yeah, now, I have no idea what you said. That's the thing, though. Nobody <laughs> nobody spells out all the numbers online, and so like I have to go out of my way to find it. I'm not going to do that. You're, just not, you're not dedicated enough. You're not a hard enough fan. I mean, fair enough. Mm-mm-mm. Anyways, 
Winner of Best Fighting Game was Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Best Role-Playing Game, the nominees were Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. And the winner was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Very well deserved there. Most deaf. That game was legit as fuck. Best Action and Adventure <laughs> Game, the nominees were Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Wisps, <laughs> wisps, wisps. <laughs> Wispy Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part Two. I keep forgetting that Fallen Order came out this year. Well, it came out uh, late last year. It came out after the or, Game Awards last year, I believe. It yeah, it came out window. in this. Yeah. Uh, anyways, winner was Last of Us Part Two. And Best Action Game. Nominees were Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, and Streets of Rage... Streets, Streets. of Rage 4. <laughs> Streaks of Streaks. Rage. Streaks. <laughs> it's just nakedly running through the street just angrily. <laughs> just... I would rather play that game. <laughs> just ferociously flapping his wing outside just Streaks mad. Streaks of Rage. <laughs> uh... So unfortunately, the winner was was Hades and not Streaks of Rage. Hades still totally deserves it, though. That's for sure. Uh, I don't think Streaks of Rage would be an accessibility. Oh, it totally would. You think? So? Never mind. I don't want to get any further in that conversation. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it would be. I can go into explicit detail if you want me Please to. Please don't. <laughs> Maybe in the other podcast. <laughs> Uh, so, in the category of innovation and accessibility, the nominees were Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyperdot, The Last of Us Part Two, and Watch Dogs Legion. And the winner was Last of Us Part Two. And in the category of Best VR or AR Game, the nominees were Dreams, <laughs> Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And the Saints winner and was Sinners. Half-Life Alex. Saints and Sinners. Saints and Sinners. Yeah, Half-Life was the winner for that category. Mm-hmm. And this one was a little bit surprising. Uh, in the category of Best Community Support, the nominees were Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. And the winner was Fall Guys. Yeah, that blows my mind. Which was... like. Yeah, it. I feel like the game kind of fell off after the first month or so. And That's like the one category where I disagree with the winner. Yeah, like it, it just makes no sense. Like, I very strongly disagree with the winner. Mm-hmm. There. But, uh, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, Fall Guys is still a great game. But, anywho, so in the category of best mobile game, the nominees were Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact. Legends of Runeterra. 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 You made that so much harder than it is. <laughs> Just having a stroke here. Don't mind me. Um, and Pokemon Cafe Mix. And the winner was Among Us. And in the category of Best Indie Game, the nominees were Carrion, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, 
and Spiritfarer. And Hades was the winner in that category, too. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Good for them. Really. Still totally need to shout out Spiritfarer, though. The game, that game is amazing. Oh, show. Highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, in the category of Best Ongoing Game, the nominees were Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. And the winner was No Man's Sky. I I am fine with that. Yeah, like, fucking comeback kids, that's for sure. And they're keeping up with it, so good for them. Yeah, and they just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, in the category for Games for Impact, the nominees were If Found, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, Tell Me Why, Through the Darkest of Times. And the winner was Tell Me Why. From Don't Nod Studios. Don't Nod, Steven. In the category of best performance, uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the winner here. Uh, the nominees were Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2, Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part 2, De... De... I'm... I'm going to fuck this up. Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai in Ghost of Us... Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Us. What the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Ghost of Us Part (laughs) 2. I messed up the title of the game and not the guy's name. God. You did mess Uh, up his name. Ghost of Tsushima. I did. It's Daisuke. Oh, Daisuke Mm -hmm. Suji. All right. Um, Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades. And... Naji Jeter, yeah, as Miles Morales in Marvel Spider-Man. Miles Morales. God, what? Are you okay? (laughs) No, I'm not. God. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner was Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Phenomenal performance. Mm Uh, In the category of Best Audio Design, nominees were Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us Part 2. And the winner was Last of Us Part 2. They they fucking won so much. Yeah, like any category they were in, they won. Uh, In the category of Best Score and Music, nominees were Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two, and the winner was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Totally deserving of that. Mm-hmm. Amazing music. Mm-hmm. In the category of Best Art Direction, nominees were Final Fantasy VII, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two, and the winner was Ghost of Tsushima for art direction. Totally agree with that. And in the category for Best Narrative, the nominees were 13 Sentinels, Final Fantasy VII, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two, And surprise, surprise, Last of Us Part Two was the winner. Yep. All right. We're at, we're at the penultimate category. Best Game Direction. 
The nominees were Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part Two. And the winner was The Last of Us Part Two. Are you ready? Yes. This is, this is the big one. This is the big boy. Game of the year. What a fucking stacked list. These games are amazing. Like, if you, if you just had access to these games for the entire year, you would have had a great year. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> what are you laughing at? If you would have had access to these games that are nominated for Game of the Year, it would have been a great year. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if these were the only games that you played... Or all the games that were nominated for the, whole for the year. best year... Like, yeah. <laughs> they won. They're nominated no, for Game I'm, of the I'm Year. Just, <laughs> it was just a funny is, this line. Is just, it's, a, it's a diverse diverse group from a diverse range of studios. They're they're just they're amazing games. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Anyways, nominees were Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. And The Last of Us Part Two, And probably no surprise. Based on its performance in previous categories, the winner of Game of the Year was The Last of Us Part Two. Hey, good for Dr. Uckman over there and the rest of the Naughty Dog team. Dr. Uckman. Mm-hmm. But that's not the biggest announcement when it comes to winners and losers. Because here at Dual Senses, we made a bet. And we tried to predict and guess who would win and uh, who would get points and who would get beer. Who got the beer, Stephen? And the people need to know, Stephen, who got the beer. <laughs> so, tallied up the points for the categories. One of us got 14 points. And the other one got 15 points. So the person who got more points by one fucking point was unfortunately you, Alex. That's right. I'm a bougie bitch, Steven. I'm going to be picky with my beer. <sighs> mm-hmm. You have, to, you, you have to go to the liquor store with me because I am not going to know what no, the fuck yeah, I'm that's doing. That's totally fine. That's fair. You're going to ask for some fancy-ass shit. You're going to be like, oh, I want the the Santa Claus gingerbread sugar cookie IPA limited edition black label. Fucking right. Top secret. Mm-hmm. You got to fucking ask for it with a code word. Weird-ass beer. Yep. You're goddamn right I will. <laughs> I have no shame in that. All sore losing aside, though. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You have you have earned the beer. The beer! Once you decide what kind you want... Uh, I mean, we just go to the store and we record, pick we gotta... Well, yeah, but still. Ne- next time we record, we gotta let the people know what you chose. Uh, but yeah. You've earned it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm like... I have one can of beer left here, too, so that's like good timing. Wow, mm-hmm. coming in clutch. Mm-hmm. You're really banking on winning this one. 
No, I just got lazy and I just haven't bought any. But I don't know if that's laziness. Like, I was too lazy to buy beer. Like, some people call it healthy, I guess. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, all right. Well, I guess that's that's all for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we had shit ton of announcements. Um, Alex is getting beer. I'm losing money. <laughs> About par for the course, I think, for dual senses. <laughs> Alex has got beer. Steven's losing money. Game news. <laughs> There we go. Really, that's just the story of my life. That should just be our intro. Really should. Our tagline. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Anywho, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share. Yes, thank you so much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate us and give us a review. That shit helps out a ton. And if you love us, or if you would like to contribute to the Beer Fund... Uh, just visit www.mtfproductions.com slash donate. Uh, you can donate to us. Send us some lovin's our way. Some mother lovin's. Oh, God. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. See you later, love of love. <laughs>